the profit potential in land is incredible. We're over a hundred percent ROI on every single one of our flips, the profit mixed with the simplicity, which we'll get into next. We'll talk about profits now though, Ron profit is, is huge. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. In today's topic, we're discussing why land investing is a level 10 opportunity. I'm your host, Andrew Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get started, let's go over a question from one of our featured Discord members. Today's question is from Cindy. Cindy asked, when trying to sell properties, do you always send neighbor letters to nearby landowners? Good question, Cindy. Um, to answer bluntly, like, no, it's not something we do all the time. We do have high success with it when we do it, um, but some properties just sell really quickly on the market. Um, so what neighbor letters is, Dan, essentially to explain it to those who haven't heard of it is we buy a property in a location. Let's say we pull the vacant landowners or just homeowners in general for anyone within like a 10th of a mile radius, something like that. And tell them like, we have this property on the market. If you're interested, uh, give us a call and uh, we're selling it for X dollars. These are extremely successful. I made a YouTube video on how to do this. These are extremely uh, successful in selling properties. But like I said, it's not something we do with everyone. It is a very effective strategy though for selling properties. Sometimes we do it after three months. If we haven't sold something, we'll do that. Um, maybe if we price cut it, something like that. But uh we don't do it right away for every property. Yeah. You, oh, another thing you want to do too, to add to this is get uh, for sale signs on the property run. That's something that's not utilized as much anymore as it used to be, but those used to be so efficient when we do more of them. And I've always heard from members they're selling properties from for sale signs on the property. As long as you're on a main road, you should have a for sale sign. It's pretty easy to hire someone off, you know, a website like Craigslist or whatever, go put a for sale sign up, put your phone number there, whatever it is. Super, super uh, efficient way to sell land. Let's get into the show. Today's topic, why land investing is a level 10 business opportunity. And this was a cool one for me, Ron, because I was kind of going through the different businesses I've been involved in. I know you've been in some others and there's pros and cons of all, all kinds of alternative businesses, Ron, including, you know, traditional real estate and things to do, which we'll get into later. But I was kind of ranking the different businesses I've, I've been involved in from like, and a level, there's multiple things that create a level 10 opportunity. But I think one of the things, Ron, is just the sustainability. Like, is it going to be around in three, five, 10, 20 years? That's a big one. Like people don't realize that now, but that's a big one. And we're going to get into more of those reasons. But I was kind of ranking all the different businesses I've been in, Ron, in my head, just going through them, preparing for this podcast and giving them a number. And I think it's cool to see like land investing really is a level 10 opportunity. Is it easy? No. But is it extremely profitable? Is there very low competition at the moment? Is it sustainable? Are you providing value on all sides of the parties? Like those are things that a lot of business models cannot answer, especially these online type of get rich quick kind of schemes, Ron. And that's, you know, land investing from a real estate and just a traditional, just a business model, I think is extremely, extremely high opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I can't agree more. And that's why we kind of are creating this podcast to kind of explain all the upside of what this business actually is. Um, and when you compare it to other opportunities out there, not saying there aren't other level 10 opportunities because there are, um, but what we see with the amount of money land can bring you fast with minimal investment, um, efficiency of time, like all of these things, sustainability, like Daniel said, and we are providing a value. 
um, all these things combined is what I think kind of make it that top level opportunity. And we'll get into those. I, I first want to talk about, because this is one that I want to address up front, Ron, is the competition. People come in thinking every county's mailed so heavily by land investors. My guy, my county called me back, said he's gotten five letters. You hear this all the time. And there is some truth to that in certain areas, but there's also truth to being very, very, very under competitive, if any competition in a lot of areas. And just because a landowner gets a, gets a letter now, doesn't mean in three months they're going to not want to sell. And that's, it's a timing thing. Yeah. If, if five landowners, if five land investors send mail to a county all right now, will that affect if you get deals or not? Yes. But it's usually not like that. It's usually scattered. Matter of fact, Ron, we had three different people in a county in, I believe, Georgia. And it was all about the same time, to be honest. They sent within two weeks, they sent mail. And I know we funded, I think, two deals from there. And all three of them got deals, Ron, from that same county. They mailed the same county around the same acreage, and they all three got different deals. So it's not only a timing thing, it's how you negotiate on the phone, it's your pricing. There's so much more that goes into it. But Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. I'll tell you right now, there's 8.5 times the amount of vacant parcels than there are parcels with houses on it and probably 10 times less competition. So if you guys are saying it's too competitive to be in land investing, you just don't know what you don't know because there are just too many deals out there and you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, we don't need a deal for every 100 mailers or anything like that. Um, and that's there's so many vacant land parcels. There's so few people doing this business correctly. You might see stuff on Facebook, ads on Facebook, ads on Instagram, all this stuff popping up, but the amount of people doing this business uh, correctly, attacking the size deals that we push people to attack are very, very minimal. Um, yes, like Daniel said, there are areas that are going to feel saturated when you're going. There are areas that are maybe saturated, um, but that being said, there are areas that are untouched and highly, highly desirable. Um, so, I mean... It's your mindset, Dan. I think it really comes down to that. Like any business, you can come in and say it's too saturated. If there's one person competing with you, some people are going to say that's too saturated. Um, so, I mean, it. I mean, it is a competition thing in terms of that. Like you got to provide a service to these sellers, and they're more likely to sell to you. Like that's the that's how these wholesalers, these top, these top of the line wholesalers and houses are still making a ton of money. Um, and everyone would say that business is saturated, um, but they provide a real service to these people. They have a buyer's this, all this stuff. You need to find how to provide a service to these land sellers and being quick, having cash ready to go, uh, giving them updates, being confident that you are going to make the deal happen is ways to beat out that other land flipper uh, that's uh, whatever down the street. Exactly. And just by answering your phone, you can probably beat out 75% of them because they're at their work or whatever it is, you build a relationship with these people, provide value, get quick funding, do get quick cash for them, get your deal funding, whatever you got to do, move quick. That's the nature of it. Because what happens is when they get these land letters, a lot of times these people are just looking to wholesale and people hate getting under contract in general to wholesalers run. 
just it's because it has a 90 day contingency on it. They have to find a buyer for it. People don't like that. You go in, you give them two weeks. You say, I have cash ready for you. It's good land cash ready for you. Give them two weeks and you buy it. We'll beat out a wholesaler 99 out of a hundred times, probably a hundred out of a hundred, to be honest with you, just because of the value we're providing. And yeah, like Ron said, the fact is most areas of the country are not hit by land investors at all. Yeah. Maybe some areas like Tennessee a few years ago was pretty hit, Ron. We tested these areas out. Ron and I have done extreme amounts talking about dollar figures in these so-called congested areas because we know we're going to price right. We're going to get competitive on the buy side. We have a good realtor there. We're going to use them. We know how to, we're going to go. No one's buying 100 acre lots there. No one's buying 60 acres, sending letters for it. We're going to go after some bigger ones, subdivide them off and sell them cheaper. We've done a lot of deals in these so-called congested areas and they're out there. You just... I think it's more at first when people maybe send a ma mailer out, Ron, and they don't get any results right off the top back, and they're scared to send another one. Once you start getting deals, it just takes a couple of deals to get things going and hit. It really just takes a few deals to hit a six-figure profit, Ron, and that's what people need to understand. Like just because you get it, don't get a deal right away doesn't doesn't really mean anything. We got to keep the marketing going, Ron. Absolutely. I mean, that's the lifeblood of this business is the marketing. Um, but like Daniel said, on the back end, you need there's an incredible amount of people leaving their phone ringing and having voicemails taking them and just assume the seller's not going to go through extra work unless it's crap land and you just or you over whatever it is, the seller's not going to go through extra work to get in touch with you. You're expecting them to leave voicemails every time you have a voicemail answering, you're not willing to spend a little money on an answering service, or you're not willing to answer the phone yourself, um, deals are going to fall through the cracks. And like I said, we get a deal every 25, 2000 to 2500 mailers, one of and then people talk about their mail efficiency, Dan, uh, where your mail efficiency is down, because you're not answering the phone, or you're not returning phone calls, all that comes into play. It's not about the area you chose, It's not about anything else. It's about the your responsiveness on the back end, honestly. Yep, exactly. Well, let's get into why land is a level 10 business opportunity. And I kept this broad because land investing can mean a lot of things. Yes, we're buying and flipping land. But I know people we had a niche one a few weeks ago. And we know people who are just buying leases, uh, or buying properties, leasing them out to farmers, etc, hunting land, whatever it is, there's a lot land investing is broad, but why land investing the way we do it's a level 10 Ron, I want to start by the competition. I don't care what anybody out there says. There are 8.5 times the amount of vacant parcels and 10 times less competition, Ron. The facts are facts. This is just extremely low competition. If you're scared of your, you know, you're in around Atlanta, Georgia, you think it's too, too many, too congested with landowners, flip the switch and go to the other side of the country. Because I would tell you there's land investors are very isolated in a few different areas, period. And the competition is really low. I wanted to start it off with that one. Yeah, I mean, I could probably pick five markets and tell you where 90% of people are, 90% um, of land investors. Um, I go, I suggest people to go to the other areas, the other areas that people aren't thinking about, um, whatever it is. And I'm not going to point out certain areas like low competition increases margins for us um, and all that stuff like land in general as a whole, like we talked about in the first segment is just extremely low competition relative to really all other real estate markets that I see, all other real estate niches, whatever you want to say, rental properties. Um, it just it is extremely unsaturated. Yeah. And when we, even when we we're recording, Ron, going back to my point earlier, when we were that you can get more than one deal from each county, Lucas in our group just got 
a deal from a county that we mailed in our video training module. He got a deal that we didn't get, get, um, which, you know, I'm not mad about at all. I think that's really cool. There's going to be deals a year later, six months later that were never there. Competition's really low. Like if someone hit something last month, I will hit it. No, but like if they sent out mail to a county, I'll hit it. No hesitation this month because it's all timing consistency. And then I'll remail. We remail and get deals. We get that we never got the first, you know, a couple months later. So competition's low. That's the number. And trust me, guys, I've come from different business models. I've, I've, I know a lot of wholesalers from houses. I came from drop shipping. I had an electric bike company. I had Amazon FBA, Kindle publishing. I had a lot guys, the comp, it was a grind. Like I had just for electric bikes selling the same brands as me, probably 40 competitors on the market doing the same exact thing I did. It was competitive, but I still made it work. Margins weren't as good as land, which gets me to my next point, Ron, the profit potential in land is incredible. We're over a hundred percent ROI on every single one of our flips, the profit mixed with the simplicity, which we'll get into next. We'll talk about profits now though, Ron profit is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, we talked about in the last episode of the subdivide. And like we said, we're talking about land investing as a whole, the subdivide where we're buying for 150 all in and selling for 420, 450. Like there's nothing else, Dan. Like I have to make a few phone calls to a surveyor. We have a realtor selling the property. I don't have to do that much. I, I really don't have to do that much to make 230, $240,000 on that deal. And I can have five, 10 of those projects going on at once. Um, so like, and that's just, that's just subdividing. That's a more niche. But if you talk about just buying and selling, buying and flipping, you're going to buy for 20,000, sell for 40,000 all day. If you're doing this business, correct buy for 50, sell for 90, 110, whatever it is, somewhere around there. Like these margins aren't abnormal at all. These deals are everywhere. If you uh, are sending enough mail, look in the right places. Exactly. And like going back, I know dropshippers who are fighting to get 40 to 50 to $60,000 a year of profit. And they're doing way more work than I see people doing with land making that money. Like that's, one deal essentially people were so happy to make 30 40 50 thousand dollars a year in drop shipping run i'm not kidding people were really really happy with that because they could sell it and whatever but still like for the amount of work you put into that you put that into land you'll see there's just such a higher upside to it yes it's higher level stuff in general like we're buying and selling real property with a county you know it's, i think it's higher level but the profits are way 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 higher which leads me to the next thing ron the simplicity of it Yes, it can get really in depth when you get into different niches, subdividing, leases, all that different niche stuff we talked about. It can get very in depth and very complicated, which keeps it more sustainable and higher profits, I think, over a long run, run. But the simplicity of it in general, of what we do, buying land under market value, putting it up on the market and selling it for market value is what we do. And you can keep it very simple. I like to tell people get 10, five to 10 deals under their belt before doing anything crazy major subdivisions, minor subdivisions, get five to 10 deals under yourself, learn how to evaluate land, acquire land, sell land very, very well over and over again, and then get those niches because then, you know, you do it five to 10 times run, it becomes a clockwork. It becomes easier and easier every time. And that's what I look at. Like with these subdivisions we do, like you just said, Ron, it's pretty easy for us to do to net that money. And it's because we've done it so much. We've put in the hours. It's got us to this point, but that's possible guys. Yeah, without a doubt, it's it's not overly complicated. Once you educate yourself, once you watch a few of these YouTube videos, um, get a couple of deals under your belt. Like this business model is not overly complicated. 
Um, and that's, that's again, again, why it becomes this level 10 business is it's not, it's something you can learn really well. You can make a lot of money. I just did an interview with Corey, uh, Cortez, uh, who's only been in the business six months and the way he talks about it, like he's extremely advanced for where he is at six months. He has a lot of room for growth. Um, but just any business he's made a hundred thousand dollars, $150,000 after six months there's, and he understands the business. He's done a lot of deals. Um, the growth potential is there. Uh, it's, it's simple to go. I think the first few deals are hardest Dan, and scaling this business oh is, I think what feels so simple, honestly. Yeah. Once you learn it, cause guys at first, like you'll be evaluating this deal as it goes back to, <clears throat> I know I'm shouting Lucas out a couple of times here. But after on the Friday Discord last week in the Discord channel run, Lucas asked how he can get more properties evaluated. And I told him it's very hard at first because you're looking at properties and you don't know what you're looking at. But eventually you'll be learn how to analyze deals and you can throw some away, negotiate automatically, get some purchase agreements mm -hmm. and just make decisions off the bat. But the next point I wanted to get into with land investing, Ron, is it's fairly easy to get started, especially when you're comparing it to traditional businesses like restaurants, services. My dad owns a carpet cleaning business, something like that. Um, any service-based industry and then even traditional real estate. Like traditional real estate, let's talk about a rental property. You got to get a loan. You got to get the property out, uh, find the property inspections, all that stuff, get a loan. And then you net very little money, but it's a long-term investment. We'll talk about traditional real estate investing after this, Ron. But my opinion is it's land investing as a whole is really, really easy to get started. We do it remote. You don't need to go to the properties. Just simple, easy, not too much upfront capital. You use deal funding so we don't pay for the deals. It's, it's I think the barrier to enter are fairly low, not as low as like a drop shipping, but the upside's 50, you know, 10, 20x that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, the, the a couple of $5,000, whatever it is to get started and truly like, get your feet wet with this business, get some deals under your belt. Um, it's so, so minimal compared to so many, like you said, uh, traditional businesses, especially and other online businesses, even, um, it's not necessarily, you can't get started with You can get started in a lot of businesses with $5,000, but a lot of business, it is not easy to turn 5,000 into a hundred thousand dollars. I think that's what makes this opportunity. Like what you can do with your initial startup is incredible. Um, I've seen it time and time again with students, new people getting started, they come in with five, $6,000 and they turn that into $50,000 in three months, hundred thousand dollars in six months, 250. And then they're like, they're just growing. Like that's all they're doing. They, their initial investment is back in their bank account and they're just using their profit to really fuel their business. Um, but yeah, you can get started in a lot of online businesses with $5,000 FBA, all this stuff. You can get started with $5,000, but the growth and the like trajectory is far, far different in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And traditional real estate versus land investing. We'll talk about wholesaling, house flipping, and long-term rentals. We'll start with long-term rentals. I love long-term rentals. I'm looking for one right now. I like it as a long-term investment, depreciation, tax benefits. Just diversify your portfolio. I love long-term rentals. Not against them at all. But you're not going to get out of your nine-to-five, and you're not going to make a million dollars right off the bat with it. Over time, yeah, it's more of a retirement plan. And I'm glad a lot of people are talking like this now because a lot of people used to say, quit your job with long-term rentals, which it's not, I'm not going to say you can't do it. It's just harder to do uh, just because the cash flow is lower, Ron. I think anytime you have lower cash flow, naturally, it's harder to do. Yeah, you can refinance out, but then you leverage your whole equity. So 
it's just, it's harder to do from my perspective. And then you have house flipping, Ron. House flipping is, I like the business model. It's hard, but I like it for the people who are really good at it. You can make a lot of money. It's just, it's hard. It's not simple. We talked about simplicity. You need your contractors. You need a bank. You need hard money loans. They're going to leverage your personal assets. You need loans. You need contractors. You need real estate agents, wholesalers to find you these deals. Uh, you need to be able to hold that for four or six months inspections, the risk of things going wrong, selling it on the market to a future buyer, going through that whole thing. They have to inspect it again. They want all these contingencies. They need to get financing. It's not simple to say the least, but that being said, it's harder. It's harder to get into. Definitely the barrier enters fairly high. Flipping a house, like doing it right is not an easy thing to do. It's easy to do it and do it wrong and make $10,000, but the good guys can make a lot of money at it. I know some that do, and it's just, it's hard to do. You need more money. You need more relationships. The cycle's longer, but that's also going to take you eight months around instead of flipping a piece of land that takes you three months. Yeah, exactly. And house flipping, I think is more comparable to what we are doing than it is than long-term rental stuff like that. But again, house flipping, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, knowing this business, I would never, cause they're the same house flipping and land investing are the same in my mind in terms of it's bringing you cash. Like it's an income, um, where the long-term wealth building is different with those long-term. So comparing the two, um, just the ease of land flipping, the ease of land investing is why I obviously lean towards this. And then going into like long-term rentals, Dan, a normal cash on cash is about 10%. So to put that in perspective, like to Annual. make two, correct to make two hundred thousand dollars from cash flow on long term rentals, you need about two million dollars of a down payment. Um, that could be two million dollars on a uh, ten million dollar place, whatever it is. But you need two million dollars essentially to get two hundred thousand dollars of cash flow a year. Um, so it is a long term play. It's completely different in my mind. What I like, Dan, is a lot of people. I don't know if your consultations. We do consultations for people before they're members. They talk about like they understand it really well. Like I want to use land to fuel income to put into long-term rentals for tax incentives, stuff like that. Like highly educated people who are looking at this the complete right way. Exactly, and that's what we do. If you guys are listening and you have anything in the Midwest, long-term rentals, really, really good cash-on-cash cash returns at a fair price. Ron and I are always interested in buying, but yeah, I completely agree. That's, that's what we do. We like to do that. Um, the last one I want to talk about Ron is wholesaling. Wholesaling is getting bigger and bigger in land. It's obviously been around in the housing industry land. It's getting bigger and bigger. Like anything, there's going to be people who do it right. And people who do it wrong right now, it's made up of a bunch of people doing it wrong. I think from what I'm seeing, it's just these people, the, the wholesalers, the wholesalers for, from a land perspective perspective is bottom of the barrel. It, it just is these, they're trying, like they, they send me properties and I'm not bashing anyone specifically, but people send me properties without doing due diligence, without having anything done. They get these people locked up in a contract or figure out what they're looking for. Do no due diligence, no negotiation with them. Oh, the seller said they want a hundred thousand dollars, whatever that is. It's just there's no value there. And I know there's wholesalers doing it right out there, but the value in the wholesalers from land, Ron, is so low. And then the ones who are doing it, they're bragging about getting $3,000 assignment fee. I'm like, you're wasting, spinning all this wheel, doing all these paperwork, doing all these operations for $3,000. It's just bottom. Like, I, I just think from a 
real estate in general perspective, I think wholesaling's like it got big because you can do it with zero dollars, right? Which is fine because you're not buying the properties. We use deal funders money though to buy them. I just think overall wholesaling provides such less value on both parties. Um, and then you talk about rural America, Ron, where are you going to find investors to buy your land? Hmm. You know, it's just, in houses, it's easy because you have me and you and a thousand other investors in the area who are looking to buy four unit, 10 unit, 20 unit properties, commercial properties. So yeah, you have an investors list, which is actually can provide some value, but rural land, like there's not a lot of investors out there buying unless you're doing infill lots. Excuse me, if you guys are doing info lots, wholesaling can actually work. But for rural America, what we're talking about, Ron, it's I just think there's such little value. There's just I don't think uh, many of them know how to evaluate land. Again, I'm not trying to like offend anyone, but like we just you're trying to buy land for market value and then sell it for above market. Like it's just and then we see so many of these deals sent to us are like the property's worth, we evaluate it worth 25,000 and they're under contract at 35,000. Like where is money going to be made guys? And I think there's just so many people trying to squeeze a little bit of money out of deals when there's really no juice in that deal. Um, But I think, I think it comes down to the education aspect. And like, if you actually know how to evaluate land and do that part, like you can understand the whole thing. Maybe you can come up with a wholesaling method that makes sense, but it's still going to be difficult and it makes no sense financially to not just use deal funding if you get a good enough deal. Um, but that being said, and there there is very little value. And that's what I kind of focus on is the lack of value to sellers, to us, to the future buyer. Because you make more money. Like we can close in two weeks versus a 90-day assignment. Like I talked about earlier in this episode, you have a 90-day assignment. The seller has a chance of backing out that's long. And then he gets a offer that can close in two weeks from someone actually buying the land or whatever it is. There's just a lot of value there. If you have a good price, if you have a great price, you did the due diligence, use deal funders money and just buy the land listed on the market for market value instead of trying to f- come up with an assignment and do all that. But the the money's made on the front end actually buying it, in my opinion. There's much, 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 much more money in actually flipping the land and buying it than wholesaling. Those assignments are, you're going to spin your wheels to make $3,000. I see it or even $8,000. you are going to spin your wheels to make $8,000 rather than making $70,000 on one purchase, $50,000. Our last episode was a subdivision. We're making $250,000 on. You're going to spin your wheels to make much less, is my mind. Like the, the money's at the top. So keep upping your numbers. Keep thinking bigger. That's where more money is. It's like, it's like for real estate investors, you start with a single family, then you get a multifamily, then you get a commercial property, then you buy 100 units, then you sell off all the other crap because you know there's more money and these big million square foot industrial warehouses run yeah absolutely i don't have much more to add dan like that's that's just cut and dry i think what i've seen in the wholesaling of land business there's very very few people doing it right and providing any value whatsoever um but unfortunately it is like a like you said a zero dollar up front for a lot of people if they're cold calling whatever it is and they're enticed by that and then they're just doing things the wrong way but you got to assign the property to make money and 90% of them never assign something because they're not doing it the right way. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode. Thanks guys.